As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. the big thing on total soccer show the weekly discussion where we sink our teeth into a meaty topic from the beautiful game today we're digging into the 28th season of major league soccer which begins this weekend as we record there's a new club in the midst there's a new broadcast deal and there's a new playoff format too Woo! my name's ryan bailey joining me we have notorious apple fan taylor rockwell hello I think you've confused you and me. I'm the one who usually does the woos. You're the one who usually does the apple praising. We've switched places. That's because I went to Alice in Wonderland thing in Disneyland this week. Taylor, I'm just confused. That's I have more questions about your experience at Disneyland, but you can introduce everybody else first. Very well. Uh, notorious Apple fan, Graham Ruthman. Hello. Hello, Ryan Bailey. Uh, notorious Apple fan, Joe Lowry. Hello. Hello. I couldn't imagine how I was about to be introduced. Yeah. Hello. Hello, Ryan. <laughs> you saw. You sensed a pattern, Joe, and you I anticipated did. Did. it well. Uh, Taylor, your questions about uh, the Mouse House. Yeah. So, did you go because you wanted to go, or did did your children want to go to Disney, and then you tagged along? Very much the latter. Uh, okay. Not my cup of tea, that kind of thing, Taylor. But the things we do for them, huh? Is anyone else surprised that Ryan isn't a big fan of Disneyland? Because I felt like that would be a Ryan Bailey. A little uh, bit. A Ryan Bailey thing, yeah. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I, I could I could imagine Ryan really enjoying shelling out, you know, 12, 12 euro for a churro of some kind, like a, a six-inch churro. I feel like that is right up your alley, Ryan. But I also understand, you know, you're a man with things to do, places to go. Waiting 45 minutes for Alice in Wonderland is probably not at the top of your favorite things are not, list. Are there not Starbucks at Disney, Ryan? Only in the village, Graham, not in the park itself. Oh, it was, it right, was torture. Okay. It was torture for me. You did genuinely look like you don't know how hard it was. It was so <laughs> difficult for me. Um, do they have the fast pass in, in, in Paris? Can you Could you have done that if you were so inclined? Uh, they do. It's called Premier Access. Uh, Colleen Rooney does it. Taylor, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, I, oh, we did not. I think it's 15 okay. euro a person per ride. Bit spicy. Oof. Yeah, that adds up, doesn't it? Yeah. Should we stop slating uh, a major broadcaster for a moment and talk about Major League Soccer instead? Uh, and how wonderful Apple is, maybe, a little bit. Are we, uh... <laughs> Graham, how excited are you for the MLS season? We saw you writing about El Trafico in The Guardian this mm. week. Seems like you're pumped. You've got your Apple TV set up, ready to watch the games. A unique proposition for someone outside North America to be able to Indeed. see all the games now. Yeah, absolutely. So I am... I'm... Uh, don't call me an Apple fanboy, certainly not an Apple fanboy in the sa- to the same extent that you are, Ryan, but <laughs> I can't deny a big reason why I am so excited for the new MLS season is the new Apple TV broadcast deal, uh, partly because I'm a nerd when it comes to broadcasting and broadcasting deals and rights and soccer, and I keep track of what's happening with the Premier League rights and rights around the world. Don't ask me why. It's just a fascination that I have. So to have Apple making their first proper foray into sports broadcasting, I know they have the the MLB games, but it's nowhere near as far-reaching as this deal is. That, that is. that is exciting to me. 
And uh, I know there are some drawbacks and potential pitfalls with this deal, which maybe we'll we'll talk about a little bit later on. It's not a guaranteed success, but it does it does kind of feel like a landmark moment in league history. MLS spent about three years talking to broadcasters and kind of gauging the market and making sure they got the best deal possible. And I think there was a lot of people surprised that they've gone all in on streaming. There was already a streaming element with. ESPN Plus, right? That's who had the, yep. the kind of last streaming package. Yep. And then before that was the MLS Live um, in-house platform that they had. But this feels very different. It feels like a bit of a chapter, a new chapter for the league. When I wrote about the deal for the Guardian uh, a few months ago when it was announced, I compared it to the Premier League going all in with Sky in the early 90s. Um, and, and people at that time didn't think that fans would subscribe to satellite TV and, and people said it wouldn't work. And of course that deal changed the, the face of soccer and, and soccer broadcasting forever. And I'm not for a moment saying that that's going to happen here, but it is exciting to think of the possibilities and how MLS is taking the plunge that other soccer leagues haven't yet. And as you say, Ryan, I'll actually be able to choose what matches I'll be able to watch. I won't be cursed to watch Inter Miami every single weekend on Sky Sports, which has been the case for the last two seasons. Yeah, and you're nocturnal at best, Graham. So having all those options at 2 a.m. to watch, uh, you know, oh, the San earthquakes, it's going to be wonderful. It's gonna be yeah, I think El Trafico kicks off at 2.30 a.m. Uh, my time. So that's going to be a late one. Yep, I'm going to watch the highlights. I think of that one, Graham, don't know about you. <laughs> but uh, just as a reminder, under the new 10-year deal with Apple, which is worth a reported $2.5 billion, MLS is the first league to offer all their games available to stream domestically and internationally. Don Garber speaking at, event, at an event in New York at the new Apple MLS Studios this week says, we're going to be putting games on a device for any fan, anywhere in the world, anytime, anywhere, without any blackouts. It's unprecedented. And then he said in parenthesis, apart from if you're Graham Rutherford and you can't get the Apple TV to work on your laptop very well. <laughs> yeah, do you have point. Tim Apple's uh, number, Ryan, yeah, that I can yeah. pass my iPad and my laptop to? Because I do not get a season pass on either of those devices. So maybe maybe it's all devices apart from Graham Rutherford's <laughs> two devices that season pass isn't on. Have you considered doubling down and pouring more green tea on it? Maybe oh, that's, yeah, that's maybe what I need to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, balance it out. There's not balance enough green t- green tea in my keyboard. Yep. <laughs> so, Joe, is this a big deal? This Apple deal, and if it is, why is it a big deal for the league and for the sport? It's absolutely Graham, a, Graham a big deal. Graham just took a swig of his tea after I said that. I'm sorry, Joe, to interrupt. <laughs> I just needed to point that one out. Actually, Graham, what happened you, was UFT? when I took it off camera, I've actually got my iPad here and I was just pouring some more on there. Uh, and now I'm going to check if season passes <laughs> perfect, on there. Perfect. Sorry, Joe. Sorry to interrupt. Graham likes to live dangerously. Um, you know, I think this is a big deal for MLS. I'm not, I'm not the first person to say that. This is, it's more money than the league was going to get. It's, it's a, uh, it's more of pretty much everything than the league was going to get otherwise. So I've got three reasons, basically, why I think this is a landmark moment for Major League Soccer. The first is is money. The second is Apple, to tie it all the way back to Ryan's intro. And the third is just doing something different, right? So to start with money, this is a tech giant paying the league you know, more than $2 billion over the next 10 years. It could be more if enough people sub and Apple reportedly will start sharing revenue with Major League Soccer, which you know could be a big driver. I don't know what the numbers are going to look like here. But going back to the old TV deal that MLS had with, you know, over over the air broadcasters, they were getting between sixty and sixty five million dollars a year. So you think about two hundred and fifty million versus that figure. Now you do have to take out money because MLS is paying more broadcasters. They're having to build a studio, clubs now, which the TV revenue is supposed to trickle down to the club so that they can spend and get better and, and the league can grow, et cetera. You know, clubs are paying more for content because Apple wants content on their platform. So you know, I, I'm not sure that the league is making a, a noticeable, game-changing amount of money more now than they would have before, but that's year one. And hopefully by, like, year two or year three, it is maybe a more noticeable amount. So I'm, I'm still a little bit skeptical about that, but the reality is, guys, MLS's TV numbers weren't good enough to warrant a much bigger deal from ESPN or from Fox or from the Spanish-language networks. It just wasn't going to happen. So this is a big jump, or at least it is a jump that they weren't going to get anywhere else. So there there also is, to look at the downside here, there's an element, I think, of maybe handicapping Major League Soccer after the 2026 World Cup, right? That was a lot of the big narrative around this TV deal is, you know, what maybe maybe the league can show something before the World Cup that's in the United States, and then they can really capitalize and tap into a big money deal after that tournament as soccer's, the, the interest in soccer has peaked in the United States, really because they're already locked into this 10-year deal, that's that's not going to be a relevant factor outside of maybe getting some of the subscription revenue from Apple. So anyway, 
The money is is one reason to do this. Apple is the second. They do stuff well. Ryan loves Apple. Everybody knows that Ryan loves Apple. They are they're one of the most valuable companies in the world, and they are they're an elite partner for Major League Soccer. They've already done more, in my view, for MLS than like Fox has ever done, and and maybe more powerful things than ESPN has done. Although ESPN was there from the start, and I think does deserve a lot of credit for that. But they've got skin of the game, as Graham mentioned. They want to get more sports on their platform. I think there's there's real reason to be optimistic there. And then the third thing, quickly, just doing something different, right? I mentioned the TV ratings being poor before. You know, I don't think the subscription numbers are going to be great here, but like, you know, try something, right? Try to do the, the Premier League on Sky thing, right? Try to add new dimensions to the broadcast. Graham, you said you're a broadcast nerd. I, I am too. You know, you look at the studio. I mean, this thing looks incredible, right? You think about the coverage. Yeah. I, I think there is a chance that the actual coverage, even though... You know, I think there's different decisions that I would have made, and I have my own preferences, as I'm sure we all do, with with people being involved and all that stuff. But, like, some of the people they got are going to do a great job. And, like, some of the coverage that they're planning to do is going to be really, really good, I think. We're talking about pregame show, postgame show, whip-around show. You know, we were getting hard cuts from, like, NASCAR into some game on FS1 before. I I think (laughs) this is going to be miles different and and really, in a lot of ways, miles better from a coverage perspective in this new TV era. Wasn't there an MLS Cup game a couple years ago that was delayed yep. because of a, Two years ago. What was it, a basketball game? Or, or I believe it was like a college that? basketball game on, on ESPN or ABC or whatever it was that bumped the kickoff time. I was sitting, freezing my tail off at Providence Park, Graham, while that was happening yeah. and waiting I mean, for the game that, to start. Yeah, it's unreal. That right there is enough reason for anyone who is maybe upset about MLS coming off linear TV. And there is, there is, we should mention there is still an element of a linear TV deal here. Was it 34 games a season on 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 Fox um, and Univision as as well as got kind of a, a, a small package as well. So there will be some exposure for the league on linear TV. But anyone who's maybe upset by Apple going, eh, sorry, MLS going behind the Apple paywall, that for me is enough reason to not be upset. Is that MLS is going to be able to play by play by its own rules to a certain extent? It's got its own platform. Yes, I know it's on Apple TV, but nonetheless, there is that autonomy there. And Apple's going to make MLS look good. I think that's yeah. I think that's a big factor. The Premier League's growth over the last 10, 15 years. I, I think is related in no small part to how they have made that league look better than any other league in the world. And Apple, that's what Apple do. You know, the, the, they're, they design things well, things look good on their platform. They obviously have the advantage of everyone having an iPhone or an iPad and a laptop or whatever. And so MLS is going to not only be in the palm of everyone's hands and, and be easy to access, it's going to look good on these devices as well. And Graham, that's, I think that's a fantastic point. One of the things that has made the Premier League stand out to me even over other European leagues, and even before it, it started really becoming the hub for the best soccer in Europe, is is literally like the color contrast on the screen. I know it sounds kind of silly, but you think about the Premier League, like it, it, it sounds cliche, I'm not trying to make it sound this way, it just looks different, it looks better. It there yeah. are technical reasons, like they, they, they adjust the color so the grass looks brighter and so the colors are more vibrant. It's I, not I watched, yeah, Yeah, it's not <laughs> 720, right? Like I watched... Some of the preseason action, MLS basically did a test run to get their broadcasters in, in um, some reps together because they've got a bunch of new crews working together to get their studio people reps. They did that uh, last weekend. So, you know, the weekend before the season's going to start. And I turned on the game. Uh, I turned on some of the games on, on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV, and they look good, right? I'm not sure that, that everything's been worked out yet, but the 1080p makes a, a massive difference to the point where, you know, I would turn on a game on ESPN over the air TV last year and like I'm squinting, right? I've got glasses. My, I probably need a new prescription, but I mean, it's, it was not good. It was not good before. It did not look good on TV. The, the soccer is already not good enough relative to the rest of the world. You got to make the rest of your product look good. And Graham, to your point, I think, you know, Apple's literally already done that in like one test preseason round of games. Yeah, I think that's a very good point because I had that with Fox as well. Even during the World Cup, some of Fox's streaming, it, it gets a little bit like I, it's the white blur versus the blue blur. Uh, and so I, I think to, to have the streaming thus far, from what I've seen, it looks really, really good. The color contrast, as you said, Joe, are pretty excellent. And for me, I also just like having it all in one place. I know there will still be some games broadcast on on TV, on Fox and ESPN. I think it's like 30 games or so in the year, which is about a third of what it was before. But I'm really excited. Like, this is a very 
like me thing, uh, but like for having to cover games to know that they're all just in one place on replay and not like, yeah. wait, is this the one on Fubo I have to record or is this on ESPN Plus and it will be there on the replay section? But then sometimes I can't fast forward. It's just nice to know, like, I know where it's going to be. I know how I can watch it. I know that I have access yeah. to everything. My my skybox is just filled with the uh, recorded yep. MLS games that some of which I have watched back and then others because what happens is you I don't know if this thing in the states but Sky uh, Sky Ryan you know this will series link it and so it will just record every single MLS match that's on the TV even if it's the same match even if it's a repeat so the fact that I can now as you say Taylor go into season pass and just rewatch the game on command is going to be so so useful. I think, Taylor, I'm really excited about this Apple deal for all the reasons outlined, and I'm an unapologetic Apple fan as well. But also, mm. it seems clear, it seems clear to me that Apple are going for the NFL, and they're using this as a proof of concept in some ways. So that makes me encouraged that they're going to do a really good job to show other leagues like the NFL, this is what we can do for MLS, this is what we're going to do for you. So for at least this season, and maybe a few more seasons, MLS is going to be uh, the dog in Lady in the Tramp before the baby comes along. See, this is the concern. That that is my one. Uh, you spent my too one much time at Disneyland. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Grant's making me laugh. Uh, that is my one concern. That once they do sort of establish proof of concept, if they go after the NFL, I doubt they'd ever ever be able to get the Premier League because the Premier League can make so much money from so many different international broadcasters that the amount of money it would take to have that just be one unified spot in Apple, I don't know if if anybody could afford that. But that that is the concern, that once you get other huge leagues in there, is there a little bit of like, yeah, 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 yeah MLS, we'll, we'll get to you next week. Don't worry about it, guys. Don't worry about it. So, But I think that's definitely a thing for down the road, if and when. Uh, for now, I think it's pretty exciting, and I think it will be Apple trying different things, uh, and not just sort of like a guinea pig approach, but even the way they've approached advertising, where they're not trying to get a bunch of different advertisers on board immediately and have it be different advertisers every game it sounds like they're going for a season-long approach you buy ads that will be in there for the whole season uh I'm, hopefully you can change them because i don't need to watch the verizon uh ebenezer scrooge slash uh einstein ads oh, no. over and over oh, again no. hopefully they're allowed to change those up oh, uh, but Oh but I do gosh. like that they're doing that. I like that they're not immediately going after gambling. That seems to be a thing that they've sort of put on the back burner for now. So it does seem like Apple are, are, are doing some innovative things and taking some interesting approaches. So, so I don't think I knew that. So there's there's going to be like commercials during the broadcasts then. Is that, yeah. Is, right, okay. So it's like it's basically what um, Prime Video does, that, that similar sort of thing. Sure, or I think I thought- uh, Paramount as well right now, where if you're watching the Champions League, they will do the sort of halftime they'll give you like four commercials and then usually you'll get interstitial music until the studio show comes in Uh, i think it'll probably be like that i'm assuming we won't get cutaways in game to ebenezer scrooge played by paul (laughs) giamatti i hope not at least does that surprise anyone else given that it's apple ryan you you you, you're the apple fanboy here like it feels like apple having commercials feels kind of unappley they like to keep things you know the walled garden and all that i presume they would be commercials for apple related products like their own shows is it not the case or are they actually doing well taylor's kind of suggesting that we're going to have again and again uh, here you go apple has been selling three mls sponsorship packages the most expensive called gold costs about four million dollars per season and includes the playoffs and integrations like sponsoring a player of the match um less expensive packages called silver and bronze cost three million and 1.5 million per season so it sounds like you maybe that's just for sponsorship purposes but it does sound like like there will be some advertising in there too yeah I think my my only concern with this package, and as once again, I am very excited about this whole thing, is bars, public spaces, and that broadcast. I mean, being in Charlotte when Charlotte FC launched, I think you need the games to be ubiquitous in public spaces for the city to get on board, for people to get on board, to bring in new fans. And I think there are some barriers to entry yeah. with having a subscription model like this. Now, Joe, I, I'm, we were talking before we came on air that there's a there's a relationship with DirecTV, so they can be shown in public spaces, these games. But not every bar uses DirecTV, for example. And I, my concern is where the the people working in the bar are used to switching on the college game or switching on any kind of sport. It's, it's, there's this extra step involved sure. here, potentially. Uh, yeah. And I, I, feel like, I feel like that could be an issue where you want every... TV in the city or even in the nation at, at, at broadcast time to be to be watching the MLS game and it's going to be potentially more difficult, Joe? Yeah, I actually, I'll turn that question right back around to you, Ryan. First of all, I, I think 
bars and restaurants were not doing that before, right? That was that was already not happening. Like I think you have a pretty similar chance today, is my guess, of getting your bar to turn on the MLS game as you did a year ago. My, my question to you, my question to you, Ryan, is you know I don't know how many of these national providers there are to bars and restaurants. Directv is one. I would assume there are others as well. Like, do bars have all of them? Do they only have some of them? How many are there? Like, do you, you probably watch more games in, in bars than I do. How does that, what does that look like? I, that, that's a good question, Joe. I mean, my experience, certainly in the States, is if I go to a restaurant or a bar, I look up on my phone, see what channel the game is on I want to see, and say, excuse me, server, would you be able to put that, that direct sure. TV channel on that TV, please? But, and me doing that now, they're going to go, it's on what? Mo- most, of the, most of the games last year that were already on ESPN+. Plus. There's like three national TV games a weekend. Yeah. So I, like, like I, I understand what you're saying, and Ryan. I do think the barrier is increased everywhere, right? We literally, MLS has had to put out a video like, here's how you find our games, right? And that really wasn't a problem so much before ESPN+, Plus had become pretty ubiquitous. Obviously, national TV and you know cable stuff, people know how to do that stuff. There's going to be a learning curve. So you're totally right about that. I'm just not, I'm not really convinced that it's going to make a, a massive difference. People already weren't watching MLS in bars, the majority of them. That. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, well, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I touched on that at the beginning, right? People already weren't watching games in bars. And realistically... Well, that's, not, that's not an argument for growth, though, is it? They weren't watching no, it already. It's, it's not, but it, it's the reality, right? It's, it's absolutely the reality. So I'm not sure this represents like a meaningful downtick. It might be a slight problem as awareness is is raised and, and all those things happen. But yeah, I'm I, I guess I'm just not the right person to really speak on this. Is this is this not related to MLS kind of shifting the parameters here in terms of previously they were very focused on exposure and viewership and oh my god, under a million people watched MLS Cup final this year, that's terrible. Or oh my god, over you know two million people watched it, and that would be a great success. For me, and this was related to Joe, you saying them they've done something different. If you convert, you know, so maybe you're not getting as many people watching the games, but if you convert three of those people out of a crowd of 20 that would normally watch a game in a bar into paying subscribers for MLS Season Pass for that game that they want, to, they would normally watch in the, in the bar, by the new parameters, by the new yardstick, the new gauge, is that a success for MLS and Apple? Is that how they're kind of gauging things is actually subscribers... And even if that number is smaller in terms of viewership, those people are paying $13, $15 a month, which Apple was not getting previously. That, to me, feels like the, the change that has happened. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I wonder, I do wonder, because I, I hear your point, Ryan. I also think, though, that, yeah, there are bars that if I went to a year ago and said, like, hey, can you put on the Inter-Miami game? They'd be like, but uh, Miami basketball? They don't play till later. <laughs> like, I think you would still get a lot of confusion. I think a lot of bars do also have DirecTV, so maybe there'll be a way to get them to to install the Apple and we can make it work. Uh, but I, I, I find myself wondering if some of this is Apple sort of seeing the way America and the world has sort of gone uh, in, like, the wake of COVID or with COVID still ongoing, that, like, people don't really want to go out and watch as much in public, that there is sort of more inclination to watch on your phone or to watch on your tablet or your computer or your home TV. It does seem like the way they have sort of made this very much individual user-centric with, I've seen bar owners sort of complaining about not getting information up front or not understanding quite how it's going to work, and it does seem like that's something they've attempted to rectify or outright rectified. But I do wonder if some of this is Apple thinking, it seems like a lot of people are really enjoying being home and not going into the office and not being in really crowded spaces right now, so let's make this very much inclined to make them happy. Taylor, I like bars! Well, I mean, I think it's telling that, like, Graham watches 15 games a weekend, but all of them at home. Joe doesn't go to bars. I don't go to bars to watch so, games either. So, uh, uh, Ryan, may, maybe you're representative of the, the 25%. Yeah. I actually, to be fair, I actually generally don't go to watch bars, but like, yeah. uh, games at bars. But if I am out, I'd like to have the option. Is, all. is this like when, when one of those things, like when a shop disappears, Ryan, or a well-known store, and you've not actually visited for 10 years, but you yeah. you mourn and grieve that? Despite the fact that you are part of the problem, <laughs> yeah, this is this is when there was a UK it, soda that went out of yeah. production like a week or two ago, and Graham was like, "I can't believe it!" Was, we were like, when did he last have it? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right, uh, let's. What take- was that nonsense soda, by the way? Right, so I was shocked that that soda wasn't wasn't something that Americans had he- heard of because it's made by the Coca Cola company. So I just presumed it was a thing in in the US as well. It's called Lilt, but what and it's was being it? rebranded as Pineapple Fanta, which is essentially is. what it is. So it was a pineapple soda? Yeah. 
Yeah. Indeed. Delicious, right? It's good, but I haven't I had it in about 10 years. <laughs> I can't imagine Graham Rutherford drinking pineapple soda. Oh, I, I yeah. can. Well, I totally can. Graham and I went to the store in Brooklyn to get, what was that kind of Coke, Graham? Like Dream Coca-Cola? Oh, Dream-flavored Coke. It was oh, dreadful. Graham. Yeah, I mean, Graham, no, Graham's an adventurer. It's a cotton candy Coke. <laughs> it was really bad. I didn't yeah. finish it. Joe might have, though. Nah, I took a sip or two, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. <laughs> we have covered Apple TV. When we come back after this one, there's been a change in the playoff structure. Back shortly. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Total Soccer Show, welcome back. We are discussing the new frontier for Major League Soccer in its 28th season. A few changes happening, not least a change in the structure of the league. Um, so Taylor, mm-hmm. I saw Pablo Mora tweet about this earlier this week. Uh, his tweet read um, about the changes to the playoffs. It read exactly this. Best of three for opening round. No draws allowed in those games. Play in game. Eight, nine seeds is single elimination. Conf semis two. It took, as a, as a Brit, it took me a long time to understand what on earth as was dumb, being dumb. said. And as a dumb person as well. It, it just reminded me of basketball um, when they were just explaining the tiebreakers in the well, in the cups. Uh, so if the Beers beat Detroit yeah. and Denver beats Atlanta in the American Southeast Northwest Division, then Milwaukee goes to the Denver Cup unless Baltimore can upset Buffalo and Charlotte ties Toronto, then Oakland will play LA and Pittsburgh in a blind choice round robin. And if no clear emerges, winner emerges from all of this, a two-man sack race will be held on consecutive Sundays until the champion <laughs> is crowned. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds be a bit of that it reminded me a little bit of that but basically we've got the mls cup playoffs expanding to 19 for conference a total of 24 matches round one in late october consists of a best of three series between the top seven teams per conference as well as the winner of a wild card match played by the eighth and ninth place teams i'm doing the basketball thing again here yeah. it feels like yep. conference semi-finals conference final and mls cup final remain single elimination matches hosted by the highest seeded team in late november and early december so it seems to me taylor one of the biggest changes here is this best of three scenario in the opening round yeah i think the biggest change is that they've somehow made me think the supporter shield is actually a bigger deal joe hey. you finally got in your way my friend because uh, suddenly the best team at the end of the season seems like a more simple way for them to go than uh, this playoff structure that hurts my head. Ryan, I appreciate you wading through that because I'm not going to lie. I have gotten about two sentences into that explanation on three different occasions and thought, I'm sure someone will explain it on the show that isn't me yeah. uh, because it does That's seem... That's a problem, right? Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. I think that is probably also the nature of most playoffs or many playoffs that I think there is sort of a like any board game it's you know once you start playing you'll get the rules like i think it is probably more simple but trying to understand it all right away can make make your head hurt a little bit it does seem like there was an attempt to make the playoffs more interesting to make the season last longer and to have more teams involved i i kind of don't like it for that reason i found myself in our previews being frustrated by how the beginning months of the season sort of matter, but also sort of don't. If you want to go for the supporter shield or you want to be the best team from start to finish, then it matters. But if you are NYCFC, let's say, it's very much a, okay, let's wait till the summer, see what's available, see what we actually need to do, buy some players, sneak in in seventh, and then away we'll go. So I think it it takes away a little bit of my enthusiasm for the start of the season, but I also think there will be more drama with who gets in, and then you're going to have more big swings in the playoffs especially with that different structure and uh, like best of three competitions. I don't that, know why they didn't just go back to home and away. That's that seems weird. like it would have solved it. 
like best of three is the is the thing I'm having the most difficulty with. I actually think in terms of the overall playoff structure, just it's not all that confusing, and it's just kind of been expanded and like an extra round added, I guess. But it's the best of three bit that I really don't like. Yeah. Um, just because it's not, and maybe this makes me like a proper football man or whatever, but that's not a soccer thing. Like best, of th- I can't think of another yeah. soccer competition that has best of three. That's a that's that's you know like basketball that has like game seven and and you know those sort of series. Yeah. And maybe I understand that like MLS has to balance different sporting cultures, but it just feels very cynical in the way that they're sort of padding the schedule. And apparently they had to create more high stakes matches and look the that, that's what this will do there are now more matches in the playoffs there are more meaningful matches towards the end of the season but it feels quite cumbersome and i also don't think it achieves making the regular season regular season more more meaningful um in fact i think it kind of has the opposite effect there do yeah. we know i i don't when was the last time somebody read about like the limitations on charter flights? Because I don't know if that is still a thing, but I know for a while you had a limited number of charter flights you could take as a team per season because they wanted to make sure that nobody got a competitive advantage that way. I'm going to assume that has changed between the Apple deal and the expansion of the playoffs, but if you could only have a set number, suddenly that best of three becomes a bit more of a problem if you are... I don't know, having to fly from Miami to Toronto for games and then back and Hitch then hike. back again. Uh. If you if you win your best of three, Tim Apple lets you borrow his Learjet. Oh, cool! Oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Joe, as as we've sort of ruminated on here, the problem for this for me is that the regular season seems to have less importance. You've got eighteen of twenty nine teams going to the playoffs, sixty two percentish of teams going through to the playoffs. It makes me feel like it's less important to back your team throughout the whole regular season when, as as Taylor says, you can you can sneak in and get that seventh spot. Yeah, it, it. I think it's a joke. I, I think this playoff system is is absurd. Frankly, I went through and crunched the numbers for the other teams for the other leagues. Excuse me, around the United States. So, forty four percent of teams make the NFL playoffs, which is the lowest. Actually, excuse me, the MLB I believe is the lowest at forty percent. Fifty percent, I think, make the playoffs in the NHL and the NBA. Kind of, I, I I don't watch any of these sports as much as as I would like to. I think the NBA does their own play in tournament wild card thing. So if you factor those teams in, they've got two thirds of the league making the playoffs. But the NBA is just a totally different animal. Like the the stars drive the narrative. It's not so much the regular season, and they will probably tell you they have a little bit of a, of a regular season problem as well, where games don't tend to matter, but the superstars do, and those are enough to to get people to tune into regular season games. MLS doesn't have that. They've got like two or or three of those players, but even still not at the magnitude of these NBA players. So to have only thirty eight percent of teams get cut out of the competition that, you know, as much as I love the Shield, that everybody really cares about because we're American and, and we, you know, we know playoffs and that's what we like. To have 38% of the teams get cut out after 34 games is, is mind-boggling to me. Like, MLS's problem is that people don't care enough to tune into their games. The regular season is where the most games are. Why you would choose to de-incentivize trying in the regular season and spending and making most of your games, most of your product, compelling for the cheap payoff at the end of the year. It's like a Band-Aid. It, it is, it, this is just a Band-Aid to cover up the cut for Apple to give them more games, to give MLS owners at least you know 62% of them, or, or maybe it'll be a little bit less because the wild card round, but you know more than half of them, a home playoff game, which helps revenue and generating money is good for soccer's growth in the United States. I'm sympathetic to that. But covering up this this cut with a Band-Aid is not the answer. Fix like fix the problem. Go to the doctor. Like Actually make yourself better. Spend money on teams. Stop, stop doing all of this ridiculously convoluted Byzantine stuff to just cover it up. It, it, I don't know. It's, it's Joe, frustrating think, to me. Do you think pausing the season for a month to have a different tournament in the middle of the season <laughs> will help make things more clear? Actually, I mean, oh, you, I know, I know, we poke fun at Leagues Cup. I actually think it's a cool idea, and I think other leagues are going to be doing that over the next decade. Um, so I, I've got no issue with MLS trying to, to do something different on that front. Just the 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 way that the playoffs are structured now, with so many teams making it. I know it's just a wild card game, but the best of three stuff is silly to me. Letting nine teams from each conference, it, the teams just aren't good enough. Like you're going to reward. Uh, sorry, I'm not. I'm not trying to take shots, but like RSL or San Jose or Vancouver or like. 
Why? Coward, Why? Coward like, for not it, saying Charlotte. Coward for not saying Charlotte. Oh, Charlotte. I, just didn't think, Charlotte. I was trying to think of an Eastern Conference team. <laughs> yeah, Charlotte. Like Charlotte. I, I, Shut it, up, Joe. It's it's it is it is silly to me. It make it does not make sense. Yeah. I think it is short sighted and foolish. You you would have to assume that MLS at some point has done some or has come up with some sort of mathematical equation to work this out. But would you? And I'm on shaky ground. I'm on shaky ground here because I I haven't right. But I question the logic that kind of backloading games to the playoffs is over the course of a season going to going to draw more viewers to MLS than having not. say. Uh, you know, a Philadelphia LAFC game. If we're talking about combining the conferences and having, you know, like a like a single league or whatever, which is kind of the dream for me. If you're having like an LAFC Philly title dis- uh, match in the middle of the summer, and the and the 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 the, the number of viewers you're going to pull towards the front of the se- of the of the season of the of the schedule and having those games there, that to me. Again, I haven't done my own equation, but I would guess that that would be a more effective way of drawing yeah. more viewers than backloading them towards it, the playoffs. It, it just it, it doesn't make sense. I understand the reasoning behind the decision here, right? Adding more games, getting more inventory. It's understandable that Apple wants that. It's understandable that MLS wants to give it to them. All of that stuff tracks. I just would have solved this problem in a different way. I, I do. Can, I know this isn't really like what we plan to talk about. Taylor, I'm, I'm eager to hear more of your thoughts on League's Cup. I'm not like all about it but why why do you think it's why do you think it's bad because it creates more confusion that's really it no i think it's an interesting competition i think it's that i already again have frustration that the beginning of the season doesn't really matter it reminds me of like in major league baseball how there were all the stories about like preseason means show up and then you start the regular season and that's when you start getting into shape i think basketball used to be the same you show up for preseason 15 pounds overweight and then by the season starts you're only five pounds overweight and by the by the time the playoffs come around you are fully in shape and ready to go it just seems like you're sort of taking away some of the importance of the beginning of the campaign and then it seems like right as like teams are starting to figure some things out, you're pausing it again to have this mini tournament to then come back and have another window to then have playoffs where most people are getting in. It, it just, it, it, there is an element for me of the original Ted Lasso ads of like, why are you doing this? Like, why not just make the whole season playoffs and do three, like, Clausura Apertura, and then you just get playoffs and you mm-hmm. get two different champions. Like, I, I think there is experimentation based on like necessity or, We've identified a thing that isn't working, a thing that is lacking. We've identified a way to make that work better, and we're going to try it. Versus, it feels like they are trying lots of different things to see what sticks, and and there is a, to me that just creates more confusion and less importance on the things that should be but important. My issue with it isn't so much having it in the middle of the season. It's more, and I think back to when the Nations League started in UEFA, and this is what I kept coming back to with that competition was. What's the what's the purpose of it? Like, what if you win that competition? What does it say about your team? And with the Nations League, as a Scotland fan, I found the purpose in that, and that that's how we're going to qualify for tournaments. That's the only reason the Nations League matters to us. But with uh, the with the League's Cup, you know, I could understand if it was okay. Here's a cup competition. You're the best in uh, America and Mexico, but you're, then you're like, well, there's already a competition that essentially <laughs> yeah. decides that. Um, there's already an American domestic cup competition in the U.S. Open Cup, so that's my problem with the League's Cup. Is if you win that, what what are you? What's the purpose of it? Yeah. What does it say about you as a team? Yeah, that I think that's totally fair, Graham. And the, really, the only answer I have, and I think this is probably what MLS and Liga MX teams are going with, is it matters because we say it matters, which isn't a good answer. But until this competition has been played a dozen times, right over the next twelve years or whatever that number is, and it has some prestige and it has people that actually do care about it. Like, you know, until then, it's kind of just, yeah, this this is important because we say it is. Taylor, to your to your point about, you know, just just adding something else in because it, it might work and not really, you know, fixing a problem or any of that stuff. I don't know that League's Cup is going to fix a problem, but it, it does seem to me that getting more eyeballs on games in, in matches that have teams that people in the United States care about, by which I mean League MX featured matches, like, like games that have teams from Mexico playing in them, that does kind of solve a problem, right? I mean, MLS needs to increase its audience. The Mexican-American population in the U.S. is is big. Drawing eyeballs in that way and maybe cross-pollinating feels feels like it, it directly solves a problem. And I don't know if it's going to work, but the idea, I think, is is pretty clear to see like why why they're why they want to try something like this. I think through that lens, it works 
for like for like pulling in that type like that style of audience of like a group of fans who already watch soccer and maybe want to watch more soccer or care more about yeah. an MLS team. On the flip side, like I already struggle to explain to people who are getting into soccer how the Champions League, the FA Cup, and the Premier League can exist simultaneously. Right. The True. idea of being like, okay, and then in midseason they stop that season to have a different tournament with a different league for a month, and no one plays that league anymore. But then they resume. But then it kind of doesn't matter because you have playoffs at the end of it. Like Joe, you're a person who cares about the supporter shield. I, I like I said it in jest at the beginning. Like it makes me care about the regular season because at least that's the thing I can get my head around. At the same time. Like, I just think it, it matters way less. It dilutes a lot of things and makes other things more confusing to have new wrinkles, to have new opportunities for experimentation. I just feel like you could take that almost to an even more extreme of genuinely, like, split it into two seasons and do, like, one season of MLS, and then the best half of your table goes and plays the best half of Mexico, and then you have, like, a smaller domestic schedule for the teams that didn't get to go, and you do two different seasons of different competitions. Like, yes, I guess that makes it more confusing, so I'm sort of defeating one point of my own argument, but I just think if you're going to experiment, experiment. Putting in random, like, interjecting competitions, to me, just is is a bit more of a head scratcher, even if it will be fun. And I will probably end up getting into the league's cup and it will finish. And then I'll think, mm. Oh, right. Back to the regular season. Okay, here we go. A couple more months of this. And then we have playoffs. This, this is, this is genuinely what I would want from MLS. So I'm kind of joking. Cause this is never going to happen, but I would actually vote for this. So if the relationship between MLS and Liga MX is as close as we're now led to believe you get together, you have a same format with them. You have a single league table, like every other soccer league in the world besides Belgium. And then you uh, have an MLS cup. So you have a league, ta- a league, a cup. You have uh, then you get the two winners of that, and from Mexico and the US and, and Canada or MLS, and they play like a Club World Cup style tournament together, and that's that would be what I would have. You'd have three competitions; they're easily definable. One's a knockout, one's a ta- league table, one's inter inter border. There you go. Problem solved. I suppose a benefit, Graham, of Major League Soccer as it is, is that they're willing to try new things. So at oh, least yeah. what you've described there is a distinct possibility. Possibly, yeah, and we keep reading that the two leagues are getting closer together and maybe uh, League's Cup is, uh, you know, dipping a toe in the water of a full uh, a fuller merger of some sorts further down the line. I don't know if that will happen, but I'd be interested. I would much rather what MLS does than, from a personal point of view, what we do in Scottish football, which is never try anything new ever because some old men might get upset. That's essentially what we do right. here, and I would prefer what MLS does. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah. I feel like maybe I'm being the stick in the mud here, and I don't mean to be. I think it's just like I like the idea of trying new things. It's like I said this in the Discord. Like, is the goal of MLS to ever have? (laughs) Is the goal is the goal of MLS to ever have the same format for three years in a row? I like I don't know the answer to that because we keep getting expansion teams and changes to formats, and Nashville's in the East, and then the West, and now they're back in the East. Like, I, I I think. There is good experimentation. There is is good uh, attempts to to be modern and to keep up to date with the times. At the same time, you can be a little bit too focused on expansion and experimenting and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And I think sometimes it's to the detriment of having the consistency and just like basic scheduling that I think people like. It's where I think the Apple deal will help because it makes everything available on on demand so that you can go back and watch stuff and you can kind of get into teams that are catching fire and i think that will help at least for me sort of keep track of what's happening Uh, again because right now if i want it like if if vancouver are as exciting as i think they will be it can be a little bit of a not even a daunting task just an an unnecessary hindrance to figure out where vancouver are being broadcast and on which network at which time and find them versus on apple here they are i'm gonna watch them the the challenge to mls and then I'll, i'll let it rest on this my my thought, Taylor, is that there aren't enough people that care about the league to know what they did three years ago. Like there aren't enough people that that want them to continue the playoff format from last year to this year that makes it worth catering to those people, right? That that's at least what MLS is thinking, and I I think there's certainly something to that. Like the audience is not large enough to rest, and I I think instead of adding League's Cup, which I'm like lukewarm on, but probably a little warmer than colder, instead of messing with the playoff format, like I already did this whole big rant. Like, just get better players, right? Spend money, stop making it so difficult mm-hmm. for everybody to do this, and get better. Yeah. But MLS doesn't seem willing to do that, right? And, and nah. that doesn't make yeah. me happy, but that's the reality. 
So instead, what they do, and I, I think there is some merit to this if you're not going to do the obvious thing, like they're trying to work in the margins. They're trying, well, I guess in terms of a Mexican-American population, it's a lot bigger than just a margin. But they're, they're making the bet that the people that are already inside MLS care enough about the league because they've been through all this you know, crappy on-field product, that they care enough about the league to stick through it, even with a silly playoff format, even with all these different competition schedules and changes. And they're also making the bet that maybe we can grab another 20% to add to our audience, and that's going to be a meaningful influence to then make our product better. It's not, it's complicated. It's too complicated. It's all, a lot of ridiculous and silly decisions have been made over the last decade and will be made over the next decade. But like, I, I think yeah. the line of thinking is is clear, and I think there is a lot of logic to it. I mean, uh, yes. I, I think, though, there is, for me, at least some hesitation with the the fans that have been here will stick with it. To me, there's a little bit of taking advantage of that good faith of that sort of dedication to the league and to the teams of just like, look, you guys have been here. You're going to keep going. So keep up to date because we're changing the structure again. I think there is some frustration for me in that mentality. Not saying that's necessarily what they have, but that is how it seems. But Joe, the larger thing that you made there is, is if you truly want there to be eyes on this, open it up, make it easier. Like, and, and I don't think they're doing that. It does sound like some of the Apple money will go towards uh, making teams more competitive. I don't know. Like, Does anyone know what the plans are for the expansion of the budget? Because I do think some of the money has to go to the players as part of the, the CBA and, and the negotiations there. But I don't know what impact it will have at all on spending, I hope, a sizable one, because I think that is a good way, Joe, to your point, to get more eyes on the league is to just have more talent here and have more people mm. wanting to watch good soccer. I, I haven't seen um, what the impact will be on the budget, but I did see, was it Steve Chirundolo yesterday? Another uh, public call from an influential figure involved with the league for them basic for the league basically to kind of loosen the purse strings and allow teams to spend a bit more money. I mean, of course, maybe LAFC Wait, LA? would say that. What? No way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're wrong to call for that. And yeah. I, I do think that it probably is coming at some point relatively soon. I would hazard a guess in the next two years that they will do that. I don't know whether that looks like... Uh, I don't know. How, who am I to second guess MLS trade and transfer rules? But uh, yeah, it does feel like the pressure is growing in that regard. Taylor, I, I, you mentioned a reservation about uh, the league taking advantage of good faith from the fans there. Um, have you lived in America before? You know how corporations work? <laughs> yeah. I mean, is MLS a nonprofit? I forget if they're a corporation sure, or not. Sure. Does uh, that matter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I have. I just think, like, when you have a a smaller diehard base, uh, I'm not going to try to keep us away from politics, uh, but I, I think there is just sometimes that assumption of, look, you've been a fan, so you'll stay a fan. It's just a little bit gross to me. It's how yeah. products get worse. It's how shows get worse because, ah, you've watched, you'll keep watching. We don't have to have as much creativity in the writing process. I just think sometimes there is laziness there, but I think Joe has convinced me that it's less about laziness than about like trying to try new things to pull in more people to make it that much more of an attractive brand. I, I get that idea more than I think I did before. I still yeah. think there's just a little bit of, of ick behind it for me. But the ultimate well. drive there is to make money, isn't it? Uh, to, to, to bring more people to the brand. As we call but it. they're already well, the most valued sports franchises there are. They're all valued at 500 oh, yeah. million. Why do they need more money? What do you mean, That's right? right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, they I mean, the least well cup was great. Was created to get more money out of Apple, like that is a because they had to pad the TV deal after uh, unbundling with the US, the US international game. So that's another that's another reason that Leaks Cup was created. So yes, in short, to to uh, to uh, make more money. And I'll, I'll withhold my reservation on the Leaks Cup because I was against the Nations League, and I think that's proven to be a good thing. So I think I'll, I'll hold my, uh, my wait. Opinion. Haven't you in the past said you yeah, don't watch the Nations League and like <laughs> just ignore it? I don't watch England games. That's what I said. Uh, well, that's because you're a, a Nations League B team now, as opposed to Scotland. Where oh, you, right. but you remember down, you got Graham. remember you got relegated last season. Scotland got promoted. Yeah. Sit down. <laughs> sit down. Um, I, I, I think, uh, I, I, as I say, League's Cup, I'm, I'm fine with that as a concept. But what gets me is this playoff change. I think soccer, at its, in its essence, is a simple sport. And when you try and overcomplicate things like this is in adding more compl complexity to the playoff structure, that's where it loses me a little bit. So I'm a bit concerned about that. Um, and just because other American sports have that structure doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be introduced you're never going to get to hang out with Gianni Infantino at this rate, Ryan. If you keep up that sort of narrative, you're never going to get invited to the 64-team Club World Cup. 
He already <laughs> hung out with them. He was at Disneyland. That's right, yeah. That's right. He was watching the Lion King show with me. He was the chaperone showing Colleen Rooney around. <laughs> Indeed. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, let's talk about what we're excited for, what we're thankful for for this 2023 season. Back shortly. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Total Soccer Show, welcome back. We are talking MLS and what we're excited for in 2023. I'm going to start off, predictably, that I'm excited for the Apple TV coverage, which we've discovered, discussed at length, so I won't uh, go on <laughs> too long about it. But just because I think the 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 production team is great, the, the on-camera team they've got are superb there, the studio looks great. I just have a faith in the fact that Apple are going to pull this off and do a good job and have it as a proof of concept for future sports they want to engage with as well. Their products, I feel like they just work, which once again, I sound very corporate when I'm saying that. But I like the fact that I'm here in Rome and I can watch the same thing that Taylor and Joe can watch in the continental US very easily. I think that's very, very appealing. Um, So Taylor, that's where I'm starting the ball rolling for excitement. Uh, and and to to the point about pulling in the Spanish language audience, we should add like th- there is a dedicated effort with the new Apple TV deal to have a ton of Spanish language coverage. I think every single game will have Spanish language commentary. There will be a Spanish language uh, studio show. So I, I think in in that way, it, it's like smart decisions already, uh, and that does make me happy. Uh, plus, I can practice my Spanish, so that's always good. Uh, I am excited for chaos, in a word. Uh, I, I think some of the teams I previewed, specifically Montreal and Vancouver, uh, I would not have been excited to watch them before I started doing the the work for that preview. But I think Montreal, especially with their approach of just like, are you 16 and good at soccer? Well, you're starting for us this Saturday because we just sold our best playmaker. I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes, especially with Hernan Lozada as the manager. Joe, Joe, do you feel like that will be as chaotic as I am, as I am yes. thinking it will be? Because to yes. me, it seems like it's going to be all over the place. Yeah, I mean, so to recap... Wilfred Nance, former Montreal manager, uh, reportedly got into it with Saputo, who owns the club. Uh, Wilfred Nance is no longer at the club. He instead is now coaching the Columbus crew. Earlier this offseason, Montreal hired and then fired a coach, uh, not for the first team, but I believe for their U23 team, within like 36 hours. And then Hernan Losada left D.C. with... Uh, something of a trail behind him let's just put it that way um so he he loaded up all the scales he used to weigh his players and drove them to montreal i think that's how he left dc i i wouldn't be shocked about that let's just put it that way so yeah montreal already chaotic hiring losada the chaotic decision losada chaotic himself the roster like eh, and yeah lots of kids so i can see this going super well for them Uh, but I mean, I think, but I think like Vancouver have made some interesting signings and I think just teams that Colorado the same, I'm talking about mostly about the teams that I previewed uh, pretty clearly, but I just think that there are teams that I wouldn't have been as excited to watch that like seeing what they've done, seeing how they're trying to operate with the restrictions they have either self-imposed or otherwise, I, I think it has me more excited for the beginning of the season. I think some of that enthusiasm will wane for reasons I've already mentioned. And also because I think there's a chance that some of those teams are just sort of objectively bad, but even if that happens, it's always fun to see how they try to get out of that. Or if they don't, what happens if they don't? So I I think that level of chaos is always intriguing in a league where it does seem like sometimes our coverage, for example, tends to around the middle of the season become El Trafico, Seattle versus Portland. Maybe if there's like a New York Derby that matters or something like that. But I think at least early on to see how all of the teams look in their sort of new looks with their new kits, with their new managers uh, has me pretty pumped. I'm looking forward to a month in Brooklyn in July for Leagues Cup, Taylor. What's the gang? <laughs> We're doing that. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're going to have a great time there. I won't be there. Joe won't be there. Graham won't be there. But I look forward to you in that same Airbnb by yourself, Ryan. Okay, sounds good. I'm in. I'm in. Graham, excitement for you? Uh, so I am excited to watch Ricky Puge again this season. Um, I, I think he is, in ter- certainly in terms of his technical ability, he is probably the best in MLS by quite a distance. Uh, and I mean this respectfully to the league, but I'm not sure he should really be in MLS. Uh, he's 23 years old, former Barcelona superstar, and he completely changed the Galaxy season in the second half of, of last year when he joined in the summer. So I think if he has a full campaign, and there is still that kind of question about Ricky Puj, is maybe he goes back to Europe in the summer. But if he has a full season in MLS, I think there's a good chance that he is, uh, he is MVP. Uh, Joe, with what Graham just said in mind, I my specific prediction, one of them for the Western Conference, was that Puj would get 18 assists or more this season. That prediction aside, I, I think I'm just inclined to agree with Graham that he is an incredibly good player. Is he like the thesis statement of MLS is the league of the number 10? Is Ricky Puj like the most like clear example of uh, we would love for a number 10 to come in and do what he wants and we will build around that number 10 to be able to do what he wants? Not at all, actually, in my view. Really? I, I don't Puj isn't isn't really a number ten, at least not he's in a bit possession. Deeper, he plays isn't he? yeah, he plays as like one of two dual eights. Like he's probably a little bit higher on the left than Delgado is on the right. But like he he wasn't really that good of a chance creator last year. He's like the guy to set up the chance creator. So he added a ton of value with his passing, but I don't I don't think he had that many assists and I don't think his underlying yeah, assist numbers were, were that yeah, two. Okay, yeah. there it is. So that means it's good in a small sample size, right? Because he didn't play that much for them. Um but like He's more of the guy to find the guy who's going to find the guy yeah. kind of guy to say the guy to say guy in eight so sentences. It, so yeah, go has ahead, uh, his progressive passing numbers un- and uh, like open play passes were like off the chart after he joined. He's like way yeah. above. You know how you used to see one of those charts for players around the world, and like Messi would be in the far right corner. That's yeah. fusion. Those kind of two statistical categories. So I agree with Joe. He's kind of the guy before the guy. He uh, he defends as a number ten, but in possession, like. Greg Vanny kind of wants to do more. He wants to do well. That, I mean, but that's you asked about the assist stuff, right? And playing through, so it, that's not really relevant. But yeah, Greg Vanny, he wants to have his team like kind of play together. And Pooj is definitely the guy doing the most of the things. But he, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't really describe him as a number ten. That's fine. I'm just laughing as he defends as a number ten because I feel like I know what that means. Uh, yes, <laughs> in, in you the do. positive yes. and also the slightly uh, deprecating. Hundred percent well. negative. Doesn't do anything. <laughs> Very nice, Joe. Any other excitement emanating from your good self? Yeah, Apple is is my answer by like a long shot. Uh, for all the reasons we've already talked about, I'm excited to see Matt Doyle and Andrew Weeby in studio. I think they've earned it after after being around the league for so long. They're two of the best in the business. And then getting like Sasha Klushin and BWP doing doing analysis in studio, I think is fantastic. I, I'm really excited for what that could look like. And then the other thing to cover new ground is the atmosphere at St. Louis. The stadium looks great. Yeah, like it seems list. like that market is is really excited about joining the league. And I don't have a lot of faith in their on-field product this year, but, like, the atmosphere is going to be kicking. Like, I think it's going to be really, really good and fun, and it's going to come across well on TV. I'd love to make it out for a game at some point this year because I think it's going to be that good. Yeah. I'm, I, it's good that they got a marquee opponent for their home opener as well, wasn't it, Joe? Who is – oh, it's Charlotte. Of course it is. I don't even know. It's got to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I say I'm I'm very excited about the Apple deal. I'm very excited for the start of the season. If I'm at like 95% enthusiasm, the 5% that's remaining, you mentioned Weeby and Doyle who both deserve that. Let's get David Goss in there as well. C- can we get him uh, into the studio? Can we get him, him a position? Because I think he's earned that one as well. That would put me up to the 100% mark of enthusiasm for this deal. Fair. Uh, totally we, fair. We can't. We don't work for Apple, but we can advocate for that, Taylor. You basically oh. do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I did. I, I certainly wish yeah. I did. Ryan, with all your devices, if you have all of your Apple devices, communicate to Apple that you would like David Goss to get uh, more appreciation, uh, then maybe they will respond. Apple, I think you Apple's like already heard it, right? We've said it yeah. out loud. My phone's in the room. Like they, This yeah. is straight to Tim, so that part's done. Yeah, I've already asked Siri for that this morning, so it's all good. It's in, it's in process. Don't worry about it. I will say I'm also very excited for the Charlotte FC season, the sophomore season roster improved for the second season you can hear more about that in the mls previews that came out earlier this week and mr rockwell uh, the one where joe says that the roster hasn't improved and might do worse (laughs) yeah well you know i'm excited to finish in 13th in the east i think that's a really good ambition for us i'm very excited about that but i'm also excited about you know the match day experience at bank of america stadium summer nights there and the fact that if all goes well i should be coming back for the second half of the season to check it out Woo! yay 
That's, that's you do good. know that's post league's cup though, right? Like you're missing the good part. Yeah, I'm coming to New York for the to the uh, Airbnb for the right, okay, league's cup. Right. Yeah. Good. Just want to make sure you do just you the noisy boiler, boiler, <laughs> and and Brooklyn Karen. <laughs> oh boy, so much inside jokes and material to be had there, Grab. <laughs> Any other excitement before we wrap this one up, Taylor? Anything else from you? I mean, just again, back to the chaos one, just to see what happens with EC United. I mean, like, I really tried to not, like, have audible noises while we were doing the DC United preview as Graham tried to talk about the electrifying presence that is Christian Benteke, who I'm, I think can still move. Uh, it, it's going to be an odd one. I think I saw some reporting that Ravel Morrison was not the most popular figure in the locker room, but they brought Shocker. him back. Uh, so... It just seems like another one that maybe could work out, possibly. Uh, I I have, I think, a, a new level of uh, skepticism about the DC United roster build. But we'll see what happens. Uh, I just I think that will be interesting in and of itself, how it plays out with Wayne Rooney in charge, with the squad they've assembled, if they add more pieces to it. But as a as a DC fan, uh, it's it's got me scratching my head a little bit, more so than rubbing my hands together. Wonderful stuff. And on that rubbing my hands together note, let's rub our hands together for this episode. No, that was terrible. Major League Soccer is coming back this weekend. We're very excited. Taylor Rockwell, thank you very much for your contributions. Thank you, my friend. Graham Ruthven, pleasure as always. Thank you, Ryan Bailey. And Joe Lowry, uh, 13th in the East. I'm super pumped. Thank you for that uh, prediction once again. Yeah, you're you're welcome, Ryan. Happy to do it. (laughs) Listen, thank you very much for joining us on this one. We'll be back on the feed very shortly. But for now, bye. (laughs) 